certainly appreciate that. If you got a Bible this morning, uh, I'm going to ask that you would flip over to the Hebrews chapter number 10. I'm going to use one verse of Scripture there as my text, um, but the message itself will be coming out of Joshua chapter 6, and I know that's kind of odd, um, but Hebrews 10, um, in the text that I want to use, the illustration is going to come from the book of Joshua. So if you can grab both spots, that's great. If you can't, then uh, we totally understand. And I'll give you a second to get there. Um, this morning, with it being our, our Veterans Day celebration, um, and I, I want to relate this message not only to veterans that have served our country, but veterans of the cross, uh, those that serve our Savior. And uh, if you're not serving our Savior, our hope is today, before you leave this service, that you'll make a decision to serve Christ. Uh, I can promise you this, you will not find any disappointment at the foot of the cross. There's, you'll not find a disappointment there. So Hebrews chapter 10, look with me at uh, a verse number 36. And the Bible says here, For ye have need of patience, and that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The word that he uses there for patience is what we would say today, preserve. He's saying there that you need to preserve. You know what you need to do today, church? Preserve. I think that this is such a powerful verse this morning that, that God can make you a promise that you never possess if you learn not how to preserve. That's true in every cause of life. It's true in relationships. It's true in churches. And certainly true in our country. It's true in our spiritual growth. And it's true in business. The promise is there, but we've got to preserve. So I want to speak to somebody today who knows in their heart that you have stopped short. You're on the verge of stopping short of something that God has put inside of you. Something that God has spoken into your life. Something that 
may have faded, but it is still echoing in your heart. And I want to use an Old Testament passage to illustrate this verse. And that is in the sixth book of the Bible, in the sixth chapter, the book of Joshua, chapter six. If you flip there now, with preserving being in your mind today, this morning with God helping me, I want to preach on this thought. Don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I humble myself in your presence today, giving you glory and thanks for all that you've ever done in my life, the life of my family, the life of this church, the life of this country. God, I'm forever grateful to be born American. I'm forever grateful, Lord, to be born into the family of God. I'm grateful that you saw me in my sin and you refused to leave me there. Helplessly, you pulled me out of the stupor that I was in. You saved me. You made me a place in heaven. God, you didn't have to do that. But Lord, I know that you've laid this upon our hearts for a reason. And God, there's no doubt in my mind that there's somebody here today. God, they're ready to throw in the towel. They're ready to retreat. They're ready to stop on six. God, there's some here today, they've already stopped. They've retreated. The enemy's invading their lives, their families. God, I pray today that the Holy Ghost of God would speak encouragement to them. God, I can do nothing on my own. Lord, I'm well aware that these are just words coming out of my mouth, but it takes the precious Spirit of God to speak to a heart. It takes your spirit, God, to change somebody, to encourage somebody. So I pray today that you'd season this service with the Holy Ghost. And God, you'd move in this place. Speak to hearts, change lives. God, there's one, two, three, four here, God, that they need to come to this altar to receive salvation. May today be the day that their eyes are open to the truth of God's word. God, I love you. I thank you. I praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Joshua chapter number 6 is a very interesting chapter of Scripture because it describes to us this morning how God's people had to conquer a land that had already been given to them. Now, it's theirs but they're not living in it. I feel it coming on. I think that there's a lot of Christians today that are just like the people of Israel here because the Scripture says that God has blessed us 
with every spiritual gift, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So whatever is in Christ is supposed to be working in my life. The peace of Christ, the joy of the Lord, the strength of God, all of this is supposed to be working inside of my life. But just because God promised it doesn't mean I possess it. I'm already preaching to some people today that God's given you promise after promise after promise, but yet you've never entered inside of those those promises you're sitting on the outside looking at all the things God's given you but you're not living in it that's what we find here in Joshua chapter 6 God's people have been promised a land it's already theirs but they've never went in it mm, I can't get that out of my mouth the spiritual blessings that Jesus has promised every believer and yet our churches struggle. I don't understand it. The spiritual blessings that Jesus has promised our families and yet our family struggles, I don't understand. Let me tell you why. Because we're not walking in that spirit that God has given us. We're not walking in that spirit that God's given us. Some of us right now are, are, are fearful because of the election. Some of us are, are fearful of what's going to happen these next four years. Now, I'm not getting political. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't who you voted for is your, your, your opinion. Some of us are walking fearful, but let me tell you this. I refuse to fear. Some of us are walking fearful because of COVID. I, I'm, I'm not going to play with it. I'm not going to play in traffic, but I refuse to fear because I'm, God's already given me promises. Let me get off of that for I get somewhere I can't dig myself out of. Joshua 6, we get to see God's people as, as they're, 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 they're about to take possession. Now, I'm going to read a few verses to you, and, and I want you to see something that takes place. So Joshua 6, look with me in verse number 1. He says, now, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand uh, Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, and you shall compass the city, all the men of war, and go around about the city once. Uh, thus thou shalt do this for six days. And the seventh priest shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall come past the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, the wall of the city shall come, uh, shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua, the son of Nun, he called the priest and he said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests hear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. 
And he said unto the people, Pass on and can pass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed before the Lord and blew the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest and, and blew with the trumpets, and uh, rewarded came after the ark. The priests going on and blowing with trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor shall you make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout. Then you shall shout. I'm going to stop right there. Oh, finally, we're seeing some things taking place that, that, that God promised to Abraham and Isaac years ago. You see, finally, we're going to get what Moses never got to enter into because he didn't get to go into the promised land. He got to see it, but he never got to physically go into what God had promised the people. He led the people out of Egypt, but he didn't get to go into the promised land. Joshua, we're, 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 we're finally going to go in, but first you've got to march for six days. Now I think in this passage there, 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 there are three reasons, and if you're taking notes you might want to write them down, uh, uh, that, 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 that these three reasons in this text need to be highlighted because I believe we find why people stop short. I believe we find in these, these, this text that there's, there's three things that describe to us why people stop short. Now I've noticed this, uh, and, 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 and boy, I want to highlight it for you. So number one, the first reason people stop short is because our perspective gets blocked. Our perspective gets blocked. Now, I was studying a bit about Jericho. How many of you, uh, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you have ever heard of the Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. Most everybody. Sunday school. Uh, uh, there's even a little kid song that goes around that I remember. I don't know how I remember it, but I remember it. The, you know, the song goes, uh, uh, Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. You know the song. Jericho, uh, Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. See, that's the reason I don't sing right there. I don't know you know, what version I'm singing, but that, that's, that's the gist of the song. But that's what he did. He fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Now, back to what I was saying, Jericho was the first city inside of the promised land. God's people had to take the first city before they could get everything else. It was the first Often the battle at first is the hardest. How many of you know getting started is always the hardest part? Just like going to the gym. The hardest part is getting there. The hardest part is getting out of bed and putting your sneakers on and getting your sweats on and getting there. 
Once you get there, you can get it on. But boy, getting there can be a challenge. It's sort of like eating right. Boy, you can eat right, but it's passing McDonald's and Hardee's and all these other... Boy, it's hard to pass those places. But if you ever get past them, boy, you can get the salad, all right? Sometimes getting started is the hardest part. And yet, as I was studying about Jericho... And boy, we, we, we sing the song to our kids uh, that he fought the battle and the walls came tumbling down. Uh, but what it doesn't tell you is that Joshua spent 45 years in the wilderness. What it doesn't tell you in that song uh, is, is for 45 years, Joshua was wandering around with a generation of people that did not have faith to go into everything God promised them. He had waited 45 years to be given the opportunity to go into Jericho. So Joshua's watching and he's waiting uh, and he, he, he's fighting the walls of Jer- Jericho, but it's not as simple as it sounds. Sometimes we see somebody else's victory, we get oversimplified in the process. Well, I saw how they done it. How many of you has ever, how many of I know probably every man in this place, every one of us, if you, you got something going on at the house, you said, boy, I'm just going to get on YouTube, they showed me how to do that. Say I. Yeah, I'm just gonna get on YouTube. I know how to. I know how to. I'll replumb my entire house. Let me get on YouTube. It'll show me how to do all of it. We get on YouTube and we we and boy, it looks so simple, don't it? Oh, you just do this. You just do that. And man, you got this thing up and running. Whew, Twenty minutes tops. Four days later, we still going. I don't know how I broke it. I don't know where this piece goes. Where did this come from? Oh my God, let me get back on YouTube. I can't find the video. What's going on? Because it looks so simple when they're doing it. But boy, when you try to do it, it gets hard. That's sort of like where we're at in Joshua. We sing the song that the walls came tumbling down. But that's, 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 that's only part of the story. Because for 45 years, Joshua has wandered around with a generation of people that wouldn't dare go into the promised land. That had hit home to some of you when you get home. Let me go ahead and say it. Some of us have been walking around in the wilderness for 45 years with people that ain't got a backbone to go into the promised land. Some of us have been walking around, we've been hanging around crowds, uh, they, they, but, but they, 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 they won't enter the promised land. They won't enter what God's promised them because they're scared of this, scared of that, scared of this. Jericho wasn't that easy. Now watch this. He just fought the battle, the walls came down, but actually it went the other way around. Jericho was not a very big city. Uh, Let me teach you a little bit about geography of the Bible here. It's actually such a small city that you and I could, could, could march around it in about an hour. It's not a real big, big place. It wasn't that Jericho was so big that, that it 
made it so challenging for them to conquer, it was that Jericho's walls were so high. The city itself wasn't big, but it had tall walls. Now, I'm going to preach on that for just a minute. Because some of the stuff that's happening in your life, in my life, some of that stuff that God has promised uh, and you have not received it yet, some of that stuff that you're intimidated by, it's not that it's really big because God is in you and He's bigger than anything you'll ever face. It's just that your perspective gets blocked because all you see is big walls. In other words, I can't do it because you fill in the blank. My church knows one of my biggest pet peeves peeves is tell me you can't do something. I can't. Boy, that just drives me nuts. Preacher, I can't. I can't. I say, are you saved? Yeah. Jesus live in your heart? Yeah. Are you spirit-filled? Yeah. Don't tell me you can't then. Somebody say amen. Because if you're spirit-filled and Jesus is living inside of you, the Bible says you're more than a conqueror. I'm preaching better than y'all helping me. So the perspective, the walls we see sometimes block us. That's why I'm glad you're in church today. Church attendance, boy, it's, it, it, it lifts your perspective. You can see beyond the walls of your problems. It lifts uh, the perspective. You can see beyond the obstacles. Uh, it, so as long uh, as you're looking at, at your life... It, it, is walls, as, as long as all you see is walls, uh, as long as you spend six days a week looking at walls, looking at setbacks, looking at uh, uh, difficulties, looking at teenagers that won't mind, uh, looking at a spouse. That, uh, that, uh, you look at problems. But when you come to church, you're to start praising God and see more than walls. <laughs> When you praise God with other people, it reminds you that you're not alone in this thing. I'm not, a, I'm not on my own. I'm pursuing God with people that want to get inside of the promised land. It should elevate your perspective. Sometimes you just got to look over the wall is what I'm getting at this morning. That's what I'm saying because in verse 1 let's go back to verse 1 stay with me this morning verse 1 it says that the gates of Jericho were they, they, they were secure you know they were they were secure because of the Israelites the Israelites had they were so secure that nobody was getting in nobody was coming out now now verse 2 the Lord says Joshua see I've, I've already given you Jericho Now, those verses don't go together. And I'm going to show you why. Because my problem with verse 2 is verse 1. Because God tells Joshua, see, I've given you Jericho. But they're not in Jericho. They're, 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 They're on the outside of it, but God says, I've already given it to you. 
First of all, only God can speak in past tense when it comes to a battle that you hadn't fought yet. That's how strong God is. That's how big God is. That's how confident God is in his own ability. He said, we, we, we haven't yet started the first round, but I've already given you the whole battle. So you don't got to get stressed out. You don't have to get stressed out about the economy. You don't got to get stressed out about what's going on. You don't got to get stressed out about the plan. You don't got to, why? Because God said, I've already given you the, I've already given you the victory if you'll just prevail. I've already given you the victory if you'll just keep going. But watch this. I don't want to get off track. I'm telling you, verse 1 looks nothing like verse 2. You see, in verse 2 he says, See, I've given Jericho into your hands. Verse 1 says the gates of Jericho were, were, were barred up. So God says, See, You've got this. And Joshua says, no, actually all I see is walls. All I see is locked up walls. Now, let's get real personal this morning. How many of you here today has ever felt like all you've seen was locked up walls? But it doesn't match what God's saying in your heart. How many of you ever hear this morning as you look around your family and all you see is locked up walls? But God's promised you something greater. You look at your job and all you see is locked up walls. But God's promised you something greater. You say, preacher, you don't understand my circumstance. You don't understand my God. Preacher, you don't understand my situation. You don't understand my God. Have you ever felt God speaking to you about victory, but all you feel is defeat? Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you about healing, but all you feel inside is broken? Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you to tell somebody about Christ, but all you feel inside is doubts? I'm just wondering, have you ever felt like what God said to you didn't match up with what you see? I felt like that. Have you ever felt like God was instructing you in your heart to give something away, but you kept it for yourself? Have you ever felt God telling you uh, that, that you need to start doing something but you keep putting it off? Have you ever felt uh, that, that God asking you, have you ever had a season in your life where, 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 where the revelation that God's given you didn't match up with the reality that you're living in? This is the situation for Joshua. His perspective is blocked by walls. That's why God sends you preachers. That's why God gives us pastors. That's why God gives us life groups. That's why God gives us people to serve with so that we can start chomping down at the walls. <laughs> Thank God I have some wall breakers in my life. I'm going to be honest with you, church. There's been times in this past year that I'm ready to throw in the hanky and say, man, I'm I'm done had wall breakers in my life that said quit looking at the walls quit looking at the walls you look at what God's promised you, you quit, don't, can I say this to you this morning 
If you're here this morning, you're ready to throw in the hanky. You're ready to quit. You're ready to throw your arms up and say, I'm done with my family. I'm, I'm done with my marriage. I'm done with church. I'm done with this. Let me say this to you. Don't stop on six. It's not over yet. Joshua sees walls. Number two. I'm going somewhere. Stick with me. Secondly, a lot of people stop because our progress isn't always obvious. I am a see results kind of person. If anybody else is like that, say amen. I like to see results. As a matter of fact, if I don't see results... I start to get a little frustrated. I start to get a little irritable if I don't physically see something changing, something happening, something going on. As a matter of fact, I mean, that's why it's so hard to, you know, stick to, uh, uh, you know, anything. It's because we, we, we live in a microwave society. We like to pop it in two minutes later and have dinner in front of us. We, we like to see it happen right then, so fast. We, we have lost our ability to preserve. We've lost our ability to be patient. People stop. Number two, people stop because they, they, the progress isn't always so obvious. Watch what happens. So God speaks to Joshua he says, I want you to mark, march around the walls for six days. On the seventh day, I want you to march seven times. It's going to be something that's going to happen. It's going to be awesome, Joshua. Just stick with me. Do this. The walls are going to come tumbling down. I love what the King James says. It says flat. They're going to be flat. It doesn't say there's going to be a bunch of... It says flat. So like when they crossed on dry land, it wasn't muddy, it was dry. When the walls came tumbling down, they were going to be flat. So Joshua calls people together. He says, follow me here. I'm going I'm to show you something. Joshua summed the priest. He got all these people together, the Ark of the Covenant, the seven priests carrying the trumpets in front of it. He done all of this stuff. They get instruction to start marching. And Joshua, after he told the people in verse 8, he says the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went before blowing their trumpets and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. So they're, they're, they're making progress. They're making progress. And, and, and everybody's, everybody's making progress. It feels good when we make progress. I love to make progress. But in verse 9, the armed guard March ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets and, and the rear guard followed the ark. And all this time the trumpets are sounding, but Joshua, he's already told the army to keep their mouth shut. He's, he's, told, the, he's, the key, he's told them not to say a word. He's just saying, just march. Just march. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, and then the army returned to camp. Spent the night. Joshua got up early the next morning. The priest took the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carried the seven, and, and they done the same thing. The armed men ran, went ahead of them. They did. They did it for six days. Now I want to tell you a, a story right here. I want you to feel exactly what these soldiers 
had to feel during this six days of marching. For six days walking, this is the only thing that got done. Now, be a fly on the wall in the home of one of these soldiers. He gets home that evening. Now, I know they had a camp. They didn't have their, but use your imagination. He gets home and wife goes, honey, you got supper ready. How was the battle today? It's pretty good. We didn't do nothing but walk around that city. Did y'all, did y'all devise a battle plan? Nope. We just walked. I think Joshua wanted us to stretch our legs, get in the, you know, good position to go to battle. I, what about day two? Okay, he gets back home. Honey, how was the battle today? It was pretty good. All we did was march. One or two days, you can... Day three comes around. Honey, how was your day at battle? We didn't do nothing but march. Day four, honey, how's... Joshua's lost his mind. We've been marching for four days. Day five, honey, how's it? I'm so tired of my, I don't know what Joshua, we need to replace him, but we've got to vote him out. We've got to get him down the road. He's lost his mind. All he's wanting to do is march. we we got a battle to fight, and all Joshua's doing is march, 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 march. Can you see how this would progress? Some of you would have gave up on day one. They, I ain't marching around the city. Joshua done lost his mind. He want me to march. Because you see this, I want you to know this. This is important here. Listen to this part, please. Joshua doesn't tell them what's going to take place on day seven. <laughs> he doesn't tell them a thing. He tells them to march. He doesn't tell them what God's told him. He just tells them to march. He just says God's going to have the victory. You just march. Good heavens, that'll preach until Jesus comes. Because I'm telling you this morning, I'm telling you this morning, you just march. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life, but if you've got Jesus, you just march. Somebody needs to hear that today because you're, you're, letting, you're letting, for lack of better words, junk in this world ruin your life because you refuse to march, because you don't see what's over the ridge. I'm telling you this morning, march. If you've got Jesus, you need to march. Uh, the, our, our communities are falling apart. Why? It's not the world's fault. The world's doing what the world's always done. The problem is the church is not marching anymore. The problem is as believers is not marching anymore. We got our heads stuck in the sand. It's time to dig it out and march. I'm telling you, child of God, it's time to march. Put your boots on. Put your Boy, bridges on in March. Well, preacher, you don't. The community is so bad because it does not have Jesus in it, and the, the community does not have Jesus in it because the church quit marching. The church just quit. It just quit. Joshua doesn't tell them what they're marching about. He just tells them to march. If you don't believe me, read it again. Now, Joshua, watch this now. We're going somewhere. Joshua gets the people 
He says in advance, March, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> That's a good one there. <laughs> Sometimes the preacher wants to do that. <laughs> keep your mouth in March. He doesn't tell them how long. He doesn't tell them how many laps. He just says, just, just, just march. Number three. People quit because they don't see the progress. Number three. The reason people stop is because the, the, the process. The process sometimes is, is open-ending. It's open-ended. got three things I've got walls I can't even see the progress I can't see what I'm pursuing I'm, I'm fighting for what what's going on here I've got walls I've got problems I can't see over I've got no progress I'm marching and nothing's happening which by the way I have a theory that the reason the walls didn't fall down the first time is because God wanted to make sure he had men he could trust during the difficult season of life before before he gave him everything he promised So let me ask you this. Will you still pray when the answer hadn't come and it's day six? Will you still serve when nobody seems to appreciate you? Will you still show up when you don't even feel like it's making a difference? Will you still give even when you're not seeing the provision flow back to you? Will you steal? Will you steal? Will you steal? That's the question he wanted to know. Joshua, will you steal? Church, will you steal? Christian, will you march just because I told you to? Not because you saw the benefit of it not because you saw progress, but because God said march. This is the essence of faith right here, okay? Because it was walking around the walls of Jericho that would prepare them to fight the giants once they got into the promised land. Some of it, somebody needs to hear that. If you don't walk and march, the giants is going to overwhelm you once you get in. Jericho's their first stop. Little old Jericho's their first stop. They've got giants to face once they get in this thing. Let me tell you this. You've got giants to face once you get in it. Anybody told you the Christian life is this, this easy life, it's rainbows and butterflies, they lied to you. They lied to you because it's not rainbows and butterflies. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to keep marching. It's hard when people spit in your face. It's hard when people mock you. It's hard to keep marching. But can I tell you a secret? I've read the back of the book. Anybody else read the back of the book? Say amen. I've read the back of the book. 
And even though it's hard right now, I know there's a much better place of coming. So I think I'm just going to put my boots on and I'm just going to keep on marching. I, I wish to God somebody would get excited. Are you thinking about chicken? It was in what God had to do on the inside before they could ever accomplish anything on the outside. Let me say that again. Before the walls could get knocked down, God had to get some things going on on the inside. Let me tell you this. Before your walls will ever come tumbling down, you've got to fix what's going on on the inside. because I'm sitting here this morning amongst you all and I know some of you pretty well and I know there's things going on the inside that you need to fix. Okay? I'm being honest with you. I love you. But there's things in here. You want to know why you can't get past the walls? It's because you ain't fixed the things on the inside of your life. My message today is for some this morning, you are on lap six. You don't even know it yet. You're on lap six. As some that's been praying and praying and praying for lost loved ones, let me tell you this, you're on lap six, don't stop. You're on lap six. Do not stop. There's some of you that's been serving in this church and you've been serving for years and you're saying, Preacher, I don't see no progress taking place. I don't see a church growing. I don't see, I don't see it. Let me tell you this. You're on lap six. Do not stop. There's some people from other churches here and you're saying, My, Our church is in a mess and, and I don't know what's going on. Let me tell you this. Don't stop on lap six. Your pastor needs you. I need you too, but your pastor needs you. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Listen to me. Don't stop on lap six. There's victory coming, child of God. There's victory over the ridge. You've got to keep marching because there is going to be a trumpet that's going to sound. And then the Bible says there's going to be a shout. I refer you to Thessalonians for that. Read it. Maybe that will excite you. So I'm wondering this morning, how many of you, how many people are about ready to give up on their marriage? Let me promise you, you're on lap six. Don't quit yet. There's some this morning you're ready to give up on ministry. I'm going to be honest with you. I was there before God gave me this message. God may, God may have just gave this message for me because I was there. I was ready to give up. I was ready to throw in the towel until God showed me. He said, Preacher, you're on lap six. You need to keep going. 
because I feel like sometimes I've not made a difference in nobody's life, that nobody cares. But God said, you're on lap six, keep going. Some of you's getting ready to give up on your kids, you're on lap six. Some of you are ready to give up on God, but let me tell you, you're only on lap six. You don't even know it. Just keep marching. Don't stop on six. So I want to pray for you today. All over this building, some are on the verge of giving up on a dream. Don't give up on it. You're on lap six. Some are getting ready to give up on a calling that God put in your life. Don't stop. Keep going. Right now, all over this building, I'm asking you to stand to your feet. For our church family this morning, you're all our family. If you're here today, I count you as family. You may go to another church, and that's fine, but I love you, and I count you as family. I want you to know this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your Savior. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up. Keep marching. Keep serving. Keep going for Jesus. And others here this morning, and you may feel like you're tired and, and, and keep going. Keep going. Let me tell you what happens, and then we're done, okay? They made it to day seven. Nobody knew what was going to happen. They marched. They got to the last lap. And Joshua said, okay, boys, now I want you to let out a Holy Ghost shout. The Bible says they shouted, and the walls fell flat. Speaking to some of you right now, you need to shout. You need to shout right down here on this altar, and you need to shout to God, and you need to shout. You need to get it out. You need to lay on this altar to talk to God about the problem that seems to be so big in your life. Because day seven's here. Day seven's here. It's time to shout. There's others here that you need to come to Jesus for salvation this morning. Let me tell you this. You can, you can play saved all day long. You can play church and you can say, well, I'm a child of God. But let me tell you this, child. God and God only knows, okay? And I'm going to say this, and I mean this in the most loving way I can. If you can walk around in sin, if the Bible calls something sin, and you can walk around and live in it, and it does not bother you, something is not right in your life, okay? Something's not right. It's just, it doesn't line up. If Jesus is in here, 
sin can't live in here too. There's going to be a fight and a struggle. You see, Paul knew that struggle. He said, the things that I know I'm not supposed to do, I find myself wanting to do. He knew there was a struggle. Some this morning, you need to come and ask Jesus to come into your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here this morning. I just want you to take a moment and breathe. I want you to look deep inside of you. And if you're here this morning, you, all you see is walls in your life. I'm going to ask you to step out from where you're at. I'm just, I just want to ask you to come, get around this altar. I just want to pray over you. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't, I don't want to do none of that. I just want to pray over you and ask God to bust down those walls. There's others here, and if you're here this morning, and you don't, if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus, and you, I just want you to be real honest with me. Nobody's looking. If you could just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, just pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know. I just want to pray for you. Pray that God would open your eyes to see the truth of who God is. To see that you need to be born again because hell is real. If heaven's real, hell's real. And I don't want to see nobody go to that place. So if you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I need to be saved. Would you just slip your hand up? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray that God would give you courage to come to him. Mr. Henny, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Father, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves in your presence today. God, I've preached the best that I knew of what you gave me. Lord, I've wanted to encourage your people today. I want to say thank you for them. Thank you for what they mean to me, but God, what they mean to you is far more greater. Lord, for these hands that went up across this building, those that need salvation, they need courage this morning to step out from where they're at to come to an old-fashioned altar and find repentance toward salvation. To confess their sin, to believe in Jesus, the resurrection, to believe that Jesus died on that cross for their sin, but he was resurrected for their justification. God, there's so many doubts that people have. God, I pray that you would open blinded eyes this morning. And Lord Jesus, there's others that they've stopped. They're not marching any longer. God, would you, would you, would you speak to their heart? God, would you speak to their heart today and tell them that they're on day six not to stop? God, I've done all I can do. Please, God, speak to hearts. Change lives. We ask in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. You got a need this morning. These altars are open.
all for being here this morning. Thank you so much, and I hope the Word of God has been an encouragement to you and a warning to you. You know, it's that double-edged sword. It cuts going in and coming out. I hope God has spoken to you, and for you that are marching, I pray you continue to march for Jesus. Don't stop. If you're not marching, I pray you put your boots back on and get back on the firing line. But I want to thank you so much for being here. We're going to have a meal right up here. It's hot and prepared and ready. Those ladies have been up there working this entire time to make sure it's, it's properly prepared and ready. Um, we, we will be, uh, you know, practicing the, the social distancing as much as possible. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, we've got masks that are available if anybody feels the need. Uh, we want you to stay and eat. Uh, we want you to uh, feel welcome to do that. Uh, we just don't want to make you feel uncomfortable either way. Some people say, well, masks make me feel uncomfortable. Well, you know, I'm sorry. We're, we can't please everybody, but we try. Uh, we just want you to feel comfortable to eat. Um, there's plenty of hand sanitizer. There's soap. There's water. Washing. You know the whole We love you and we thank you. We want you to stay and eat. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to pray, ask God to bless the meal. We're going to dismiss. If you would, please, our veterans, we want you to go now. We want we, we, Our veterans and their families, okay, and, 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 and their, their, their families, if you're going to eat, we want you to go. We want you to go. You're our honored guest. We want you to go prepare your plate and eat and your family. We want, we, we want you, you're our guest, and we thank you for that. So we want you to do that. After that, uh, of course, we're going to let the ladies go. Men, uh, you, you kind of stick behind. Let, let, let the ladies and children, and then I always say that we get to back clean up. So whatever's left, men, that's what we get to, that's what we do. But everybody else, uh, you know, stay around, fellowship, love one another. We love you, and thank you for being here. Let's pray. Our Father... Lord in heaven, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, that uh, you've blessed us with this day. Thank you, Lord, for our veterans, what they mean to us, God, and uh, the protection they've laid uh, over this country and those that are serving, have served, and are continuing to serve. God, thank you for them. God, for our uh, spiritual veterans, Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that, uh, God, that we would continue to keep marching for Jesus. God, give us strength to do that. Father, I pray today for this food. Pray you'd bless it and for our nourishment. Bless the time of fellowship. And God, let it all be done for the glory of God. We love you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Veterans, you you take off and, 